0: Before I begin this morning, let me just take a minute and say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you for a wonderful 10 years of ministry in your midst. It's been such a joy and a privilege for us to be a part of this congregation. Who knew it would be so long, but we're very thankful for the 10 years that we've had with you. you. I look out over the congregation and see so many of you who have just blessed our lives in immense ways. And uh, we're just so grateful for the joy and the privilege it's been to be with you. Please know that you will continue to be in our thoughts and prayers always. And uh, we're just grateful for uh, this time that we've had together. Let's pray together. Gracious and holy God, speak your word into our hearts and lives today. On this day of Pentecost, fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may be your agents of love and grace, bringing hope and peace to our world. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> how many of you here this morning like bridges? Anybody? Several of you, quite a number of you. I like bridges. I, uh, I think it's interesting to see how different bridges are designed and, and what they look like. And if you actually cross bridges, a lot of times you get a very cool panoramic view of the valley or the river or the lake or whatever it is that the bridge spans. Well, the purpose of bridges is to connect things that are separated, to span great divides, to bring together things separated by various obstacles. Bridges connect land masses separated by water or valleys. Uh, The interstate system uses bridges to cross over other roads. Walking bridges sometimes connect one building with another uh, a few floors up so that pedestrians don't have to dodge traffic to get from one building to another. The purpose of bridges is to span great divides, to connect things that have been separated. And the question that I want us to consider together this morning is this, what bridges are you building for Christ and how strong are they? What bridges are we building for Christ and how strong are they? One day last month, at least I think it was last month, the uh, time's just been flying lately, but uh, recently, one day recently, I walked through the Houghton College Campus Center and there was a, a crowd gathered there, a small crowd gathered around some tables and, and I was curious so I stopped. I wanted to see what was going on and what I, was, what I discovered was that there were a group of Houghton College students and professors from the physics department and uh, they had created bridges out of matchsticks or something similar to that. And, uh, and they were displaying their bridge designs and testing the strength of the bridges. Now, in order to test the strength of their bridges, they would set up a bridge between two tables. And then they would put sand or weights or both in a bucket attached to the bottom of the bridge. And then they would just keep on adding weight until the bridge broke. We originally had a couple of videos to show you of this, but they don't seem to be working this morning. But you can get an idea from these pictures of, of how that worked. They would just add the weights in the sand, and, uh, and then eventually the bridge would break under the weight. Um, I guess the one who had the strongest bridge won or something. Well, the pictures are courtesy of Dr. Brandon Hoffman, who most of you know is one of the physics professors at Houghton College. He sent me a number of pictures and a handful of videos of students testing the strength of their bridges. And the students, obviously, were having fun with this project. And it was, it was actually pretty interesting to see just how much weight uh, and stress each of the bridges could handle before it broke. And I came away from that thinking, what a great picture of what so much of life is about. Building bridges. We all build bridges all the time, don't we? Bridges to family, bridges to friends, to professors, to colleagues. Whenever we reach out and make a connection with another person, we're building a bridge. What bridges are we building for Christ? And how strong are they? We live in a world of great divides, racial and ethnic divides, socioeconomic divides, gender, age, and talent divides. It's been that way throughout history. There's something about us as fallen human beings that that likes to maintain sharp boundaries and divisions between groups of people. We're all the time creating barriers between us and them. But that's not God's desire. Time and again throughout history, God has made a point of bridging divides. And letting his people know of his love for those people who happen to be on the wrong side of the divide, as we might see it. Time and again, God has fairly shouted his desire to save all who will come to him. Rahab the prostitute, Ruth the Gentile widow, the widow of Zarephath and Sidon, uh, which was the heart of Baal worship in Elijah's time. Naaman, the Syrian general who had leprosy. All of these are examples of God bridging a divide and reaching out to those who were considered outsiders. The birth of Jesus was announced by angels, not to the religious elite, but to to outsiders, those on the wrong side of the divide. To unclean shepherds living in the fields. And to the magi, those foreign stargazers who came from another country and worshipped the Christ child in the Roman world of the New Testament divisions were everywhere there were clear divisions between Jew and Gentile between men and women between slave and free between Roman citizen and everyone else Jesus was all the time building bridges to span these divides he regularly interacted with Samaritans and Romans tax collectors and sinners that's in part what got him killed Well, the world today still loves its us and them divides. Just read the paper or watch the news. We see Sunnis versus Shias, Christians versus Muslims, Arabs versus Jews, Protestants versus Catholics, conservatives versus liberals, Democrats versus Republicans, and the list could go on and on and on, endless divides in the world in which we live you know, I think if we are honest with ourselves, sometimes we would have to admit that we like our divides. If we can fit other people into neat little categories, then we can keep them in their proper place within our worldview. It's easier that way and safer. But here's the thing. As Christians, we are called to be bridge builders Over and over, we hear this call in the words of Jesus to his disciples. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You are the light of the world. Shine in the darkness. You are the salt of the earth. Make a tasteful difference. Jesus said these things to his disciples because... Because he understood that the heart of God is to reconcile people to himself. Bridge building is God's plan for his people. God is the master bridge builder. He is the one who sent Jesus to bridge the great divide between God and humankind. As John three sixteen and 17 reminds us, that verse you all know so well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son... That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In other words, Jesus was sent by the Father to build a bridge and to be a bridge for fallen, broken humanity. He gave his entire life on earth to the task of bridge building, spanning the great divide between God and people. In Luke 4, we hear from Jesus himself how he saw his own mission. Reading in his hometown synagogue from the book of Isaiah, Jesus proclaimed, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he sat down and said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And the text tells us in the next verses that all spoke well of him and were amazed at his gracious words. That is, until he started talking about how God was in the business of bridging divides that they happened to want to keep in place. God's actions on behalf of the widow of Zarephath and Naaman, the Syrian general. Then they decided they wanted to throw Jesus off a cliff. But Jesus knew and understood his mission. He was sent by the Father to reach out and to build bridges of hope and healing to a lost and broken and dying world, to people alienated and estranged from God. At one time, that included every one of us, by the way. Jesus' mission ultimately took him to the cross where he suffered, bled, and died to atone for our sins. And so the cross of Christ is the ultimate bridge between God and humankind. It reminds me of the, uh, of the song. There's a song that uh, has a couple of lines. that says, there's a bridge to cross the great divide. There's a cross to bridge the great divide. So true. The cross of Christ is the ultimate bridge between God and humankind. Well, this brings us to our passage for today. See, after Jesus' resurrection, his disciples had gathered together on the first day of the week, but they were afraid and had all the doors locked. Fear had caused them to put up a barrier, to create a divide. No one enters or exits through locked doors, right? Or so they thought. The scripture tells us that Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Bridge building words. The disciples probably expected to catch it from Jesus, uh, to be rebuked since they had all deserted him and, and since they were cowering in fear now. But instead, Jesus built a bridge. Peace be with you, he said. And then he showed them his hands inside and they believed and were overjoyed. When Jesus again said, peace be with you, I wonder if the disciples didn't recall his words from a few days before when he had said to them, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace be with you. And then Jesus spoke these words to his disciples, words that I pray will echo down through the centuries and find their way into our hearts today. He said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus was not ending his mission at this point. He was commissioning his disciples and us to continue his mission in his name. You see, as Christians, you and I are sent into our world to build bridges to people whom God loves, just as Jesus did. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. One of our primary tasks as followers of Jesus is to build bridges of love, bridges of hope, bridges of care and encouragement to those around us in the name of Christ. But you see... There's more, because we can't build the bridges that God would have us to build in our own strength and power, which is why Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself fulfilled his ministry, not in his own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember Luke 4? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Even Jesus didn't build bridges in his own strength and power. He was fully dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit, and he knew that we can't do it in our own power either. And so God not only calls us to be people who build bridges to others in Jesus' name, he enables us to build those bridges through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, we need the Holy Spirit to, to be the structural engineer, so to speak, of the bridges that we build in Christ's name. Or the bridges we build will be weak and prone to collapse. I've been reading bits and pieces of a book about bridge building and designs. Um, it's a it's a book that relates to the mission of the church. Um, But there are a lot of bridge stories that are fascinating in there. And at one point in the book, the author makes this statement. He says, In the great bridge collapses of the 19th and early 20th centuries, pride has often been the culprit with deadly results. And he then details three notable bridge collapses. In 1845, Robert Stevenson's D Bridge, the longest metal truss built to that date, buckled, claiming five lives. In 1879, Thomas uh, Bouch's Tay Bridge over Scotland's Firth of Tay went down in a gale, killing 75 people. In 1907, the collapse of the Quebec Bridge over the St. Lawrence in Canada caused the death of another 75 people. And the author went on to list very specifically what many experts now believe to be the root cause of each of these bridge failures... Experts believe these bridges, uh, these bridge failures, resulted from engineers and companies who were simply negligent because they worked in isolation, competition, and pursuit of reputation. Isolation, competition, and pursuit of reputation. In other words, at the end of the day, these bridges collapse not because of incompetence or lack of of skill, but because of errors in engineering stemming from flawed, sinful human nature. Likewise, the bridges that we try to build for Christ in our own strength and power will have errors in engineering caused by our flawed and sinful human nature. Pride and self-interest lead us into isolation, competition, and pursuit of reputation, among other things. Such bridges will never be strong enough to withstand the raging currents of life or to bear up under the weight of, uh, of life, the weight and the strain placed on them. They will be weak and unstable, prone to collapse. And when these relational bridges break, and they inevitably will, They all too often leave in their wake anger, bitterness, hate, envy, strife, and fear. The good news for us as believers is that we don't have to build bridges for Christ in our own strength and power. God knows our human frailty all too well. He knows our flaws. Again, which is why Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And two months later, the Holy Spirit came in power on all the disciples, enabling and empowering them to speak God's truth into the lives of others in a way that connected deeply with their inmost yearnings and desires. That's what we celebrate today, Pentecost God has given us the Holy Spirit too. And he is the one who works in our lives, enabling and empowering us to build effective bridges to the people around us. See, the building materials of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The building materials of the Spirit are strong, the kind that bridge great divides and remain firm in the face of the pressures of life. Jesus then goes on to say, If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, to our ears, that sounds like a strange thing to say. After all, we don't set God's terms for forgiveness. Uh, we don't extend forgiveness on a case-to-case basis or award anyone salvation based on our personal evaluation of them. So what is it that's going on here? What does Jesus mean? Well, it is true that, that God is the only one who can truly forgive sins. But remember that God sent Jesus into the world to fulfill God's purpose and mission, and Jesus did that in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus commissioned his disciples us to continue his mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we build bridges to others in Jesus' name, we are acting as agents of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us, is is God's seal of authority, so to speak. So while we can't actually forgive anyone's sins, we can boldly announce and proclaim Uh, the offer of God's forgiveness to all and we can boldly attest to God's forgiveness in the lives of those who repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and God himself stands firmly behind us granting or withholding forgiveness as people respond to our message about Jesus what bridges are we building for Christ and how strong are they We live in a world that doesn't believe in truth anymore. As Christians, we believe strongly in truth. God's word is truth. But this generation, this world we live in, views truth as nothing more than talk. Mere words, really. Unless we live the truth we proclaim. See, what the world wants to see more than anything else is people who are real, real is everything real is convincing where's the love of god we so often talk about where are the changed lives where is the selfless giving where are the good works they want to see if we are living out our faith in our communities or if we're just talking about our faith in our sanctuaries That's why the Holy Spirit is so vitally important for us if we want to stay faithful to God's calling to be agents of His love and grace in our world. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life and vitality to our message. The Holy Spirit makes God's truth come alive in the hearts of people. The Holy Spirit is the one who enables us to live out the truth we proclaim. If we would build strong bridges to lost and broken people, we must have the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit. Thankfully, God gives the Holy Spirit to all who freely ask Him. He wants to fill us with His Holy Spirit. And that is good news for all of us. On this Pentecost Sunday... I encourage you to hear again and receive Jesus' words to his disciples. To you and me, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Houghton Wesleyan Church, go and build strong bridges of love and grace to lost and hurting people. Daily living out and proclaiming your faith in Christ in Houghton. In Caniadia, in Fillmore, in Belfast, in in all of Allegheny County in western New York. And wherever you go, not in your own strength and power, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, as we celebrate today, Pentecost, we thank you. For pouring out your Holy Spirit on your disciples and on your church. And I pray for each one of us here today that our hearts and lives would be open to the filling of your Spirit, that you might fill us and dwell within us, empowering us to live godly lives, empowering us to build strong bridges to lost and hurting and broken people, proclaiming the message of good news to all those who need to hear it. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness in each of our lives, and I thank you for this great congregation, and I pray your immense blessings on them now and throughout the future that you have for them. And we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen.